podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is Tammy Underwood, looking very dapper today, Miss Tammy. How Why, you thank you. You're thank you good? very much. Good drive into the studio today? Yeah, you know, it wasn't backed up on the bridge like it normally is. That's a shocker. I, well, I did come over kind of early this morning, so. Oh, that's true. You know, I, I mean, traffic usually doesn't hit until like what, 10 o'clock. On the weekends. Traffic. Yeah, no shit, huh? Yeah. So, what do you got for me for a Fetish Friday? Spank me. Fetish Friday. I'm feeling I have, playful today. That's why. I, I know you are. I know. You've been like this all day. So Rodney <laughs> Alcala. A-L-C-A-L-A. I almost thought you were going to say Al-Qaeda. No. Alcala. And he has the moniker. He was dubbed the dating game killer. Like Chuck Willery? Two and two? No. That's love connection. That was love connection. Who did the dating game? Um... You know, I know, but I can't think of his yeah, name. Yeah, I can't think of Jim his name. Jim Ward? No. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Anyways, so my quote for you. There are some guys you date who are so bad that when you tell the story about them, it reflects just as badly on you as it does them. Hey. Liz Tukillo? T-U-C-C-I-L-L-O. That is true for men to women, too, because sometimes I've been there. You date women that are so obnoxiously bad that you kind of, it reflects back, like, your friends will look at you and go, dude. What the fuck were you thinking? Like, do you have something bad going on in your life? Did a yeah. relative die? What happened with that shit? Yeah. No. So, um, no, but this is, this is a very bizarre case. Ooh, I like bizarre. I know you do. I know and you it's do. And it's a chick, right, that we're doing? No, sh- it's, this is a dude. Oh, it is a dude. Oh, that's right. No, you said, okay, dude. I'm sorry. Just freaking catching up. Jesus. I'm brainless today. No, Rodney. Anyways. Not Rhonda. No, not Rhonda, Rodney. So, um, he was born Rodrigo Jacques Alcala Bucur on August 23rd, 1943 in San Antonio, Texas. Yeehaw, Texas. Yeah. When he was approximately eight years old, his whole family moved to Mexico where his father later abandoned them. And his mother then returned to the United States with him and his siblings settling in the Los Angeles area. LA. Yeah. When he was 17 years old, he joined the army, only to be medically discharged in 1964. He had suffered some sort of mental breakdown and was subsequently diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. Upon that, he enrolled in California State University and later transferred to UCLA, where he graduated with a fine arts degree in 1968. Oh, cool. Yeah. When he fled California later that year, and I'll explain why. Uh, thank you. I was going to say fled. Uh, is that a misspeaking? Yeah. No. Right there, you, he you enrolled fled? in New York University under the na- alias John Berger, where he actually took class with Roman Polanski. Oh, Damn, go on with your big bad self, Paco. Well, yeah. It keeps getting weirder and weirder. Okay. Now, his first known victim. 1968. This is his first known crime. Right. Okay. 1968. And I will get into why we're saying known a little bit later. 
1968 happened in Hollywood, California. An eight-year-old girl by the name of Tally Shapiro was on her way to school when he noticed her and lured her into his car. Later, at one of his trials, she recalled the bits and pieces she could remember from that time. He told her that he was her parents' friend and he just wanted to show her a picture. After he got her in the car, he took her straight to his apartment. She also states she doesn't remember anything about the actual attack, but she seems to be his only surviving victim. That was pretty common, though, because I remember uh, growing up, you know, in the 70s and 80s, the era that you and I are from, and they were saying, hey, don't, you know. Make stranger danger. Stranger danger. If you, if they say that's your parents' friend, that's a parent's right. friend, you know, have a have a keyword or a, a, a signal, a bat signal yeah. or something. Yeah, my son had, he had uh, code words. Yeah, that was it, a code yeah. word. Okay, anyways, however, someone actually saw this little girl get into the car and they were concerned because the car didn't have any license plates. Oh. So the witness followed this car and called the police to report what they had seen and give the location. So he saw this, person, saw this guy and girl go into an apartment building. He was, Alcala was still in the apartment when the cops arrived and knocked on the door. He attempted to stall them, but they heard a muffled moan on the other side of the door, so they kicked it in. What they found, one of the officers said, he will never forget. It was that horrifying. Oh. Tally was laying in a pool of her own blood, completely naked. He had raped her and then beat her with a metal bar. He was able to escape out the back door and evade capture. And since he was able to escape, her family was worried he may return. So they left the country. Jesus. Okay. Now, that put him on the FBI's most wanted list. You would think. Yeah. Because that's that's a pretty severe crime, especially a crime against a child like that. Yeah, so shortly after his attack, authorities put him on the FBI most wanted list. They did not know that he had actually fled to the East Coast and adopted the alias John Berger. Okay, since background I'm a little lost. Hold on. Let's back up the truck. I thought he was already at... In like no, it says East that Coast. later when he fled California, gotcha. and I okay. said I would explain and he why. Explained why? Okay, no, yeah. okay. Uh, this is so why he fled California. In my head, I was playing this out, but in New York. Yeah, you're so, playing it out in a different time zone. Uh, yeah, I now I got to put palm trees in there. Yeah, no, okay. Since background checks were so limited in the '70s, his ability to blend in, so to speak, was considerably easier. Well, hell yeah. I have earlier, but I meant easier. He maintained this alias for several years. It was there in New York while he was attending NYU film school, studying under Roman Polanski, that he committed his first murder that we know about. Ooh. Okay. Cornelia Was it, was it so he could make a horror film? Huh? Was he, was he making a horror film? It doesn't say. Oh. <laughs> Cornelia Crilly was found strangled to death in her apartment in 1971. It was a case that would remain unsolved, and I'll talk about it a little later, for nearly four decades. Damn. Okay. Um, After Cornelia's murder, he moved to New Hampshire. While there, he got a job as a counselor working in a summer camp. 
Because <laughs> that's safe. <laughs> yeah. And it was three years after the attack on Tally. And while he was working at this camp, he was discovered. Isn't this the prelude to Friday the 13th? Kind of a little bit, maybe. Yeah. I expected you seriously. I didn't even no. No. Apparently, two girls who attended this camp had seen the FBI poster at the post office, and they alerted the authorities to his location. He was finally arrested and extradited back to California to stand trial on the attack. Oh, good. Okay. However, since the Shapiro family had already moved to Mexico, they refused to let Tally come back to testify. For that reason, the prosecutors had great difficulty convicting him of attempted murder like they wanted. So he took a plea deal to assault and was sentenced to 1 to 20 years. That was a sentence. That's a pretty broad. Yeah, pretty broad. That's what I said, too. You'll either serve one or you'll serve a thousand years. We don't know. Well, I think what they did is they were leaving it up to a parole board, you know, to deem whether he was... You know, fit to be released or not. Okay. Fair well, enough. after serving less than two years, he was paroled because therapist said he had rehabilitated after quite a bit of counseling. Okay. Fair Obviously, enough. he played the system because he's being featured here, right? True, true. Yeah. He was only out of prison for, let's say, two months before he raped a 13 year old who was on her way to school. Pattern? Yeah, a little bit. It yeah. makes me kind of wonder if he knows uh, that lady that we did out of Canada. Uh, Homolka. Homolka. Yeah. Yeah, Carla Homolka. Yeah. Because that sounds very, because she played the system pretty well. Pretty well. Well, yeah, he, authorities apprehended him again, and he was sent back to prison. Only he was granted parole again after serving only two years. Jesus. Yeah. God damn. So, now, he landed a job after this. He landed his job as an L.A. Times, with the L.A. Times as a typesetter. He actually worked for, okay, because this is right around the time he starts his California. Well, is a typesetter like a typist? They they basically lay out the format of the articles. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. He actually worked for the newspaper that would be reporting on the crimes that he was committing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ironic, huh? Yeah, a little bit. He claimed to be a photographer, and that is the ruse he used to lure his vic- victims back to his house so they could model for them. He amassed hundreds upon thousands of pictures of men, young children, and teen boys and girls, most of which were nude. Uh, if it's done in an artistic way, that's... Yeah, no. Because there's pictures of, like, nude cherubs and nude children from the Renaissance era. No. But I'm, I'm assuming... <laughs> Don't give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm just assuming... No. It would, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. But I'm assuming that uh, it wasn't yeah. for artistic no, reasons. No, I will explain more later, but yeah. In 1978, he actually had an appearance on the TV show The Dating Game. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. He had already, mind you, because this is after he's back in California, he had already killed the two victims in New York <laughs> and had the attempted murder and rape on his record in California. So let's get him on a show so he can get another victim, but on TV. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't know about the New York murder shit, but he did have a record for rape and assault. They did not run a background check. They did not run a background check on him. It's the 70s. Really? Yeah. Are they? Right. Um, he was very charming and quite funny with his innuendos. And I actually have a five minute clip that I will have on the website of his appearance on the dating game. Nice. I got to see that. Yes. 
anyways. So the bachelorette by the name of Cheryl Bradshaw actually chose him as the winner while they were on camera. Oh, damn. Yeah. And as I'm watching, because I watched the clip and I'm thinking, even though I know she chose him, I was thinking, please don't choose him. Please don't choose him. And she does every time. Imagine Um, that. Yeah. But she never actually went out with him. And this is why. When they were backstage talking and the cameras were off, she got a creepy vibe from him and refused to go on the date. Smart girl. Yeah. Another bachelor who was on the show with him said that when the cameras weren't running, he was rude, obnoxious, and creepy, almost as if he were trying to intimidate people. He will never forget that that, that creepy guy was in his life. Holy, I bet not, especially since he's a serial killer. Yeah. No. Let's just, I mean, it's just disgusting. Now, I want to take a look at some of his victims. In 1971, he attacked 23-year-old Cornelia Crilly in her apartment, raping her and strangling her with her own stockings. That's the first one in New York. Okay. Okay? That was in 1971. In July of 77, he takes 23-year-old Ellen Hover. She disappeared, leaving behind only a calendar with information that she was meeting with a person by the name of John Berger, and her remains were not were found in Winchester County in 1978. He didn't plead guilty to these murders until 2012. <laughs> God And dang. he received a 25 to life sentence after he has finished serving his time in California. I'll get to that in a minute. But well, about time he got a decent sentence. Right. In July of 1979, he was arrested for the kidnapping and murder of a 12-year-old by the name of Robin, Robin Samso. Okay. In 1980, and this is the sad part, and I didn't have this in here, but um, I was watching the document, the docu-series on this this guy and the mom was talking and when the officer came to notify her that they had found this child, you know, that the remains they found were her child. She said, why did it take you so long? How many other blonde little girls out there were missing, you know, with blonde hair, blah, blah, blah. And he looked at her and he had to choke back sobs as he said, there was no hair. Jesus. it didn't go into why, but I cried. I literally cried. I'm about ready to cry now because I could not imagine being that mother. Okay, so in 1980, he's in jail as of 19, July of 79. Well, good. Okay. In 1980, he was convicted of these charges and sentenced to death. Okay. Okay. Four years later, the conviction was overturned and a new trial was ordered on the grounds that the jury had wrongfully been told of his criminal record. Therefore, it was deemed an unfair trial. (laughs) Nothing unfair about that shit. Right. Well, I don't believe (laughs) so either. Christ, man. So he's still in jail. A second trial is ordered, right? He is held. The case for this, this trial went to court. This trial was held in 1986. Okay, and again, resulted in a guilty verdict with a death penalty. So this mother not only went through the first trial, she had to go through the second trial. And relive that shit, too. Okay, in 2001, that verdict was overturned again on a technicality, and another trial was ordered. Ah. In 1984, while he was appealing the second verdict, he actually wrote a book titled You, the Jury, Proclaiming His Innocence. I haven't read this book, but I want to. I really okay. want to. I don't because I'm already disgusted with this guy. Yeah. Okay. Keep in mind, he's in jail this whole time. Well, he, he has not be been jail, out since he turd. got arrested in 1979. 
Okay, but with the advances in the fields of DNA and other crime scene forensics, evidence has tied him to even more crimes. Figured, yeah. In 2010, during the third trial for his charges of kidnapping, raping, and murdering Robin, part of the evidence presented against him was a pair of gold earrings that were found in his Seattle storage locker that were said to be hers. Beautiful. He actually played clips from his dating game appearance saying that he had the gold earrings then. The jury wasn't convinced. <laughs> you think? Okay. In addition to the charges he was already facing... Due to the advances in forensic science, he was facing for the sexually assaulting and strangulating four other women. Jesus, okay, in California, busy. Yeah, four of the women in California. He killed an 18-year-old by the name of Jill Barkham in November of 77, 32-year-old Charlotte Lamb in June of 78, 27-year-old Georgia Wixted in December of 78, and 21-year-old. Jill Parenteau in June of 79. He actually opted to represent himself. Okay. (laughs) That guy's a genius. Yeah. And was found guilty of all five murders in February of 2010. And once again, given the death penalty in March of 2010. So this mother sat through three trials. And this last one, I want to kill him myself. Okay. I'll, I'll get into it in a minute. But as of 2016, authorities have linked him to other crimes from the 70s. He was charged in Wyoming for the 1977 killing of Christine Thornton, though they have opted not to extradite him to stand trial until there may be such a time that California releases him. And they also have linked him to another murder of Pamela Lamson in the fall of 77. Now you're wondering... How they're linking him, right? I'm kind of because we've mentioned California, and then you mentioned New York and Wyoming. Okay, but Wyoming isn't close to either one of them damn places. No, and it doesn't say when he was in these states. But you're also asking. I know you're probably also wondering how does he qualify for Fetish Friday? I figure it's going to get there. I'm I'm kind of I'm piecing everything together. I'm getting ready to tell you. By the time his third trial began in 2010, the prosecutors were able to provide DNA proof to link him to all of the other victims, okay? And they were able to show a pattern in all of his killings. He literally played with his victims. He would choke them until they were near death, wait for them to revive, and repeat the process until he was finally tired, rape them, and then kill them. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. So he had an asphyxiation fetish. That fetish. is a fucked up fetish, man. Yeah. Then he would pose them in disgusting positions and collect his trophies, which were a bag of earrings that authorities recovered from his Seattle storage locker. God damn. In this third trial, he represented himself. He questioned himself for five long hours and used a different voice when he was asking the questions. That's because he's trying to establish uh, that he's insane. Yeah, I'm thinking that's what it was, too. Right. (laughs) He then called Robin's mother to the stand and attempted to make her look bad in front of the jury. She called this particular interaction one of the hardest things she has ever had to do in her life. That's plain freaking cruelty. She literally had to relive her child's death four times. 
Once when it actually happened, and then the three trials. And the messed up thing is they have to let that happen. Yeah. If he's representing himself, even though if he's rep- yeah, there's a saying if you ha- if you represent yourself, you, you have, have a fool, fool as a client. Yeah. You know they they have to allow him the due process. Exactly. Um, finally, his first victim. Tally, who wasn't there to testify against him and against her when he right. was charged with hers, she actually came back and testified against him after all these years. Sweet. All this added up to a third and final conviction and death sentence for Alcala. He's still in prison in California at San Quentin, still on death row, even though California penal system has put a, mem- a moratorium on executions as of 2019. Right. We know about that from a different one. Yeah. Advances in technology are linking him to more and more crimes across the United States. This is where our listeners can help. I'm actually asking for their help. Oh. Yes. His exact death toll is still unknown. Authorities have compared him to Ted Bundy, even going so far as to say he is more sadistic and prolific than Bundy ever thought of being. Holy shit. And here's why. When authorities raided his Seattle storage locker, they recovered hundreds and hundreds of photographs of unidentified individuals. And I will actually post a link to them on our website and on our podcast, on the podcast notes, so that people can go to them and look through them. And if you recognize anybody from the photos, please contact the authorities because they believe he murdered at least 50 Victims and as many as 130. Jesus Christ. And if you see these photos, a lot of them, you can tell that they are very nude. And some of them look very uncomfortable. Well, I would be too. Yeah. They had me against my will and I was nude. Dude, your house is haunted. My uh, air conditioner that's in the window just moved for no damn reason at all. At all. That's okay. me. <laughs> that's great. Twilight anyway. zone in my own home. Yeah. So, you know, it yeah, I just this one really stuck out at me because there's so many more out there, possibly out there. And he has not been out since nineteen seventy nine. So all of this happened back in the seventies, but there are still ways to link him and get him charged with them. Right, and mostly, I would like to see our listeners help get some closure for these families. Exactly. Me too. Me too. I know I would want that if it was any of my family members. Exactly. You know, uh, holy shit. I'm kind of taken aback by that. Yeah. Kind of chokes up a little bit, huh? A little bit, yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but I will have that link. And it, I, I strongly, strongly encourage people. I mean, I would post them on our website, but there's over. there's I think I came across 160-some photos. And the link will take them to all the, the photos, right? The link will take them. They just have to scroll through. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So... Yeah, so if they can, ha- if anybody can help in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. I mean, I know I would appreciate it, and I don't know any of these people, so the people who do know these people would very much appreciate it, you know. So, you know. Jamie, so, Christmas. Yeah, I. You never thought you'd have somebody compared to Ted Bundy, huh? No, because or even being told that they're worse than him. Because Bundy is actually my favorite serial killer. I know, I know he is. Yeah, uh, it wow. makes me uh. wonder what Alcala scored on that uh, psych the psyche eval. Because Bundy scored a thirty nine, which is the highest they had ever seen. Um, write that down as a note. Let's fucking check that shit yeah, out. Yeah, I wonder if we can find that out. 
Should be public record. It should be by now, huh? Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, Ooh. no, because I, um, like I said, I'm very curious. Because if he could have scored a 40, dude, <laughs> dude. No shit. Or extra credit, 41. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. But, so yeah. So this is going to be one of our shorter podcasts. Well, it doesn't have, I mean, we can still, like I said, I mean, there's lots of kind of like, I, I think, okay, this is what gets me. And I didn't bring it up because I kind of know the answer. But you've already raped and attempted to kill an eight-year-old. Right. Okay. You already raped a 12-year-old. Right? Right, right. You've killed two people in another state that nobody knows you killed yet. Right? Yet you have the nerve, the unmitigated gall, as the Grinch would say, to go on a dating show. Right. Looking for another victim in public. In public. Like, uh, very much in, uh, in, the, in the eye of, well, we can call it media, because that's exactly yeah. what it is. It's the eye of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody watched the dating game back in the day. Oh, exactly. I mean, it was the only way you could get sexual innuendo on TV. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, literally. I mean, because, I mean, they introduced, she said something about what is your favorite fruit, and he said a banana or some or what, what fruit do you associate yourself with a, what, a banana? And he goes, she goes, Please explain. He goes, wouldn't you like to peel me? And I'm like, dude. Actually, that's an awesome pickup line. I might have to use that one myself. <laughs> no, dude. Please don't. Hey, baby. You know, kind of a banana. What do you mean, Scott? <laughs> wouldn't you like to peel me? No. It's just, I mean, but it was creepy. Creepy. Jesus. You know, that and the fact that, um, you know, he became, I mean, because we all know Ted Bundy. When he was committing his crimes, he worked for the police department. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. He worked for the police department and everything. So he was like right up in the middle of it all, too. Yeah, he already this had guy, all the information. Yeah, this guy works for the newspaper. So, so he's, he's getting it all, you know, and he's hearing what people are saying about him and everything. Right, the reporters are reading the police blotter. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, so he's getting that thrill of, hey, I got away with this and they don't know that I'm right here, you know. So, gee, many Christmas kind of goes along with uh, what I said during a different podcast is that serial killers aren't hiding in the shadows, they're all around us. They, they are, they are, yeah. Because, like I said, I just couldn't get over this guy because he was just like, yeah. And if you see his pictures, he was a very good looking man. Well, that's what I kind of assumed. Very good looking man in my head. Here's how kind of I see him he's a good looking dude, he's very, um kind of outgoing and he's yes. got he's got friends mm-hmm. you know and everybody likes him and he was very charming and very charming and he could convince people that he was a famous photographer and he could hook them up with modeling agencies and while he's hanging out with his friends he's killing people oh yeah and nobody Actively. this is somebody who could be one of our friends no, probably. And you never fucking know it. That's true. Don't give me that look. I'm not a serial killer. No, I'm thinking You're... of... I know you know I'm thinking of something else. Because there's one I'm looking into in the Oregon yes. area. Oh, yes, yes. So, okay, I yeah. got gotcha. you. 
I'm, so, yeah. I'm on track. You, I thought you were giving me that look. No, because like, like, you know I'm looking into something else in the Oregon area that I really, <laughs> I can't really spill the beans on now, but I'm on to something. And um, you're giving me that look. I really thought you're like, uh-huh. no, yeah, one of our friends. No. Wait a minute, Scott. What are you doing on your off hours? No, no, not at all. Because earlier you scared me with it. Because you're like, <laughs> I am the one. It's like, what the, what the hell? No, <laughs> no. Um, but no, it's true. They can be. I mean, they could be sitting at your dinner table at any given time. Exactly. And you don't know it. Well, and as, as I posed before, can you tell me all? The dark secrets that go through, let's say, your son's mind. Let's go with Bullfrog. No. I can't tell you my kids either. Mm-mm. How about your mom? Yeah, I can't see my mom having dark thoughts anyways, but no. I bet you nobody could see uh, Alcala, Alcala having dark thoughts. Oh, no. Um, especially, no. I And, you know, because, uh, I don't know, it just, it just flabbergasts me. Flabbergasts me. But then Ted Bundy was very charming. As I say, there's Very another one right looking. there. I, before Bundy got caught mm-hmm. or was even suspected, you're talking about somebody who is very influential. Very. Comes from a very affluent family. Very. Had, he was a genius. Had tons of friends. Everybody mm-hmm. loved Ted. Oh, I yeah. mean, how can you not, how can you not a, love yeah, Ted? There were only a few people that mentioned he was kind of creepy when he was younger. Right. Yeah. But for the most part, everybody loved Ted. That was everybody's buddy. Hey, Ted, you want to go get a beer? Sure I do, Bob. And they go get a beer. Right. Everybody's friend. Yeah. I would bet that during those killings, if you gathered everybody he knew around and you asked him, so, you think Ted over here is often women? Every Ted? No. Why would he need to? He Why? can get any woman off the street yeah. he wants. That, Ted, yeah. that's kind of a, that's absurd. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. Why would you even mention Ted? Yeah. You're the problem here. Because you're even mentioning Ted. He's everybody's friend. Exactly. Until he got caught. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ann Rule, Ann Rule? Yeah, Ann Rule, who's the author that did Stranger Beside Me. Yes. She wrote his book. She worked side by side with him and didn't even suspect him. Yeah. Honestly, reading, reading as much as I have about Ted Bundy being my favorite. And that's what I think about is that. For me, if if this was happening right now in modern times, yeah, uh, in in twenty twenty one, I'm pretty good about picking up on patterns and off behaviors, yeah, and and just little quirks and things like that because I got that uncanny ability. To, I, I notice everything. Yeah, I don't think that I would have suspected Ted. Not even maybe for a second. Maybe like. I wonder if it's Ted, man. And nah. then you'd be like, nah. Can't be Ted. Yeah. Gee, no. Chris, what the hell are you thinking, Scott? There's no way it could be Ted. Yeah. I don't think that I would have picked up on it, you know? And I think that I'm I'm pretty okay at it. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, because you're really good about picking up when I'm in an off mood. Right. But, yeah, because there's but, sometimes when you call me and I'll either be in the middle of something or I'll be going through something and you're like, okay, what's wrong? <laughs> it's like, mm, what do you mean? And yeah. It's weird things. It's uh, believe it or not for me, I can tell different the slightest inflection in voices. Well, and you always say it's timber. Yeah, and you um, when I said, "What do you mean?" And no, you said, "Well, what are you doing now?" Because I can tell you're not doing something. And I go, "What do you mean?" And you go, "Because it sounded different, or I didn't hear what I thought I was going to hear, or something." And right. It's like okay, but I've got an advantage that most people don't have is I don't hear like most people do. Right. Because I'm I'm actually for those of you that don't know I'm I'm kind of deaf. 
He kind of is. Um, my the hearing in my right ear is gone, and the hearing in my left ear is damn near gone. But over time, my brain has adjusted. I guess that I, I, I pick up vibrations. Yes. And my brain just interprets it. Yeah. So when when the timbre of your voice has a slight inflection in it. It tells me that something's wrong because usually it goes down or off. Yeah, yeah, just just a slightest bit. I go, okay, something's up. Something's up. Yeah, I'm that odd duck, man. He is kind of an odd duck. <laughs> Very odd duck. Yeah, not a serial killer. No, not that odd. At least that we know of. Because I love that look on your face when when I had the closer of my know, opening right? thing. So sit down. It's dinner time, and you're looking at me like this motherfucker's a serial killer. Yeah, no. I'm on a project with a serial killer. I no, know. I'm not. No, he's just trying to see if we're going to feature one of his in the in the whodunits. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the news. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just I just can't get over the audacity of this guy. No, this all. guy here is. I thought that Ted Bundy was arrogant. This, no, this guy, guy far exceeds takes Ted's the arrogance. Cake. He makes yeah. Bundy look like he was an, an altar boy. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that he wasn't raped by Catholics. I knew that's where you're going to go, but yeah, sorry, no. Catholics, I he will make those it, jokes. Yeah, he makes it seem like Bundy was a fucking Boy Scout. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Isn't man. it crazy? Isn't it crazy? I just, you know, and the fact that he made that mother. I mean, I just want to hug her. So wait a minute, is, is his court cases still playing out to this day, or is everything no? Said and done? Everything is said and done in California so far. Right, and, and Wyoming is waiting to see if California ever releases him because she won't be. Yeah, statute of limitations on murder never run out. Right. So if by chance he's ever released in California, they have the option to arrest him on the spot and take him to Wyoming and charge him there. I think that if and, they ever release or abolish the the moratorium on the death penalty that they currently have, because we have remember we we have so far two that we featured. Right, that are on death row, and the only thing that is saving them at San Quentin, as is, a matter of fact, right, is yeah, because that's where they house all death row. Right, there. those those two could be roommates for all we know. Yeah, um, is this side moratorium. by side cells. <laughs> yeah, that, is this moratorium? And I'm sure Scott Peterson's right there with them. But God, we can only hope. Gotta hate him too. Yeah, but. he's another. We should feature him. We, he's, he's not like, a serial killer though. He only killed oh, his wife right. and unborn child. Unborn child. Damn it. Yeah. Peterson. Goddamn. I know. Sick I didn't even fucker. think about him for for a while. That's jacked. Yeah. But no, it's 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 crazy. It's totally crazy, and I'm waiting. I hope. I mean, in California, is always so wishy washy on their on their death penalty and everything. Send they Texas. go back and forth all the time. Send him to Texas, man. Texas will kill him today. Dude, remember when they were in the South for a while? There, they like executed so many that one year because they were <laughs> their their uh, their. Uh, Stuff that they use for uh, lethal injection was going to expire. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't want to waste all of that, so they freaking, like, lined them up. Hey, that, and that works for me, man. Works for me, too. Line them up. Then yeah. the herd, man. And if at any point he does get out in California, he still has the 25 years to serve in New York, too. Uh, that's true. So, but okay. I am hoping that they're able to link more to him because these families need closure. I agree. So, to our listeners out there, please, because uh, this is kind of a shocker to me, kind of. I almost yeah. got choked up myself. I'm still getting kind of choked I up. I know, I know. And it takes a lot to get you choked up. As much as I hate kids, and I do, um, the thought of them being abused. Yeah, and suffering. Yeah, that. And the family suffering. That chokes me the fuck up. Yeah. So, if you're one of our listeners out there, please look at the pictures. Yes. Please. 
please do, especially if you're an older listener. Yeah, help these families get some closure. Yeah. Or maybe you have a loved one that's missing that you just need to go through the pictures and see if they're among them. You know? You know you got to prep me before you do these kind of fucking stories, right? I'm sorry. I'm over here getting all fucking choked up. Don't, don't get choked. Well, and it, you know, and you know as well as I do that missing family members is a big thing with me. Because my grandpa, and I'm going to get choked up here, um, wandered off and he was kind of going, he had suffered from dementia and he wandered off and he has yet to be found. Right. So I would love to have that closure. I would love to have that closure. So if we, if anybody can offer this to somebody else, it would mean so much to me. True, true, so, true. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap this one here up. Yeah, as I go and cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right behind you. Yeah. So. We had an emotional episode. You got to mark that. I know, I do. I'm sorry. Next time <laughs> I'll warn you, but... Yeah. Prep, you know. prep a brother before you do that stuff. <laughs> warn a brother. Warn a brother. <laughs> That's right, man. But... This has been Brutal Nation. I've been your host, Scott Alexander, and with my co-host, Tammy Underwood. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website at twisted, www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved and all that legal mumbo-jumbo. We look forward to talking to you guys later as we track down more of the lesser-known serial killers. Bye-bye. Bye.